The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, it's me, Christelle Lim, co-founder and CMO of Bumo. As a busy working parent myself, I felt like there was a lack of options for parents and I personally needed more support. So that's what we're doing here on Being Bumo. We're here to make your life easier, a little less stressful, and help you navigate through this complex thing called parenting. So subscribe now to Being Bumo at applepodcast.com slash beingbumo or wherever you listen to podcasts. Oh, gotta go. See you guys soon. Hey, it's Mariana, and welcome back to the Life with Mariana podcast. I'm so excited for this episode because it's with Payal Kadakia. She is a friend of mine, and she's the founder of ClassPass, and she just came out with a new book. It is called Life Pass. It's all about her groundbreaking approach to goal setting. I know that so many of us are working towards goals personally and professionally and just trying to figure out what kind of path that we want to go down in life. This episode is so helpful. In addition to that, also pick up her book so that you can really go in depth with her about achieving your goals and what to do and how to find your calling. So if you guys want to hear from Payal, I'll keep listening. And before we get into the episode, don't forget Summer Fridays just came out with our brand new Dream Oasis Hydrating Serum. It is a hydrating and calming serum. It's so incredible. You would use it in your skincare routine, AM or PM, after washing your face before moisturizer. Oh, I just love it so much. And I'm so glad that you guys are loving it too. And don't forget to subscribe to my podcast because I've got new episodes every Tuesday. Now let's hear from Pyle. So I am a really big reader and I'm so excited for people to get a copy of this book because you are someone that is goals. So when you think of like, oh my gosh, like what do I want to achieve in life? You are really someone like so many of us can look up to. So how did you even figure out this large goal for yourself of having this career and starting a business like ClassPass? Well, I think as is important with anything we want to do in our life, we have to start with the small steps. And I think when I look at my journey, so much of it was really the small steps that kind of helped me build my confidence, learn how to execute, learn how to move forward. That sort of led me into building a bigger dream in my life. And I think we have to all remember to set those small goals, right? To help get started and do something that will at least be a way to move forward. And you know, I think for me, I found something I really loved when I was younger, which was dance. And I used that as my anchor and my sort of like lifeline that rejuvenated me, made me feel whole, made me feel like I belonged. And I kind of used that as an anchor to always help me move forward. So whether it was, you know, choreographing a dance, performing at a show, putting on a show, selling out a show, it was like small things that led to bigger goals, right? And I think a lot of that, and even though that's not the same thing as building a tech company, it was still a lot of the same skills that I needed to learn and build the confidence to become the leader that I ended up being. You did. And you've built such an amazing company now. I feel like anybody and everybody I know has ClassPass, has used ClassPass. And now you have a brand new book. It's called Life Pass, A Groundbreaking Approach to Goal Setting. So tell us a little bit about the book and why you wanted to write this. So I started ClassPass 10 years ago, which is such a long time ago now that I think about it. It's a decade. And I think through the journey and as you know, we were going through the ups and downs and all of it, I think there's so much for me to share with people. And people always ask me, Hey, like, how did you do it? And I always felt like, you know, no small interviewers, no, you know, little just podcast, like could have just been able to tell the entire story, right? Like, obviously, you can share it, but you can't share every detail of it. And there was so much I knew I had to help people work through and so many constraints that I felt like people really kept in their way, right. And I felt like my whole mentality through my entire journey was, 
I'm not going to let anything stand in my way. And I really want everyone else to have that same mentality when it comes to going after their dreams. And the book is such a great guide to being able to figure this out because it really is confusing sometimes and overwhelming of where to even start. So how do you even figure out what you want out of life or what goals to go after? So, you know, and I love it. Like I know, and I know you read the book, Um, you know, I feel like I start chapter one with really the most important question, which is where do you want to go? Right? Like what's your why? What's your calling? What's your um, purpose that you're here for? And I think it's so important that we anchor ourselves in something that gives us true meaning and fulfillment. And it's hard for us, right, to know what that is. And we think that people will tell us what that is in life, but it really comes from inside of us. Every single one of us has a unique purpose, a unique reason we're here. And it's on us to really cultivate that and follow it. And I think that's really the most important thing that I really encourage people to do because if you don't know where you want to go, the rest of the book is not going to necessarily help you, right? Because you're going to kind of be in a place where you can obviously fight through things, but you might be doing it for the wrong reasons, right? Yeah. And you just mentioned something like we all have something that we want to work towards doing, but what if you have the same goal as other people? How do you stand out when a lot of people are trying to go after the same things? You know, I think if everyone is doing the same thing, that means they're not actually doing the thing that's unique to them, right? Like I think the cool thing about what we're when we're all doing our unique true purpose is actually it's not being influenced by other people, right? And so I think the more people do the same thing, it means we're being influenced by one another. And we actually need to further, I think, look into ourselves to say, what's my magic, right? What's what's going to make me different? And when you are able to really discover that, I think in the way you approach whatever, you know, whether it's a career thing, a dream you have, you know, a, a creative project, I think if you really approach it with your true self, you're going to be able to add something to it that other people aren't. Yes, definitely. And there's a chapter in your book that I think a lot of people can relate to, and that's all about expectations. And I know a lot of times we have goals and it doesn't necessarily align with what our family or our partner or our friends expect from us. So what do you do? Or did you have any experiences where you were going after something in your career and you didn't have that support from the people closest to you? You know, one of the most important threads, I think, in my journey, and I think this is a thread in many women's lives, is like the need to get married, you know, and have kids and sort of settle down and all of that. And it was a really hard conversation for me to balance being this ambitious woman, you know, especially I was, you know, my parents were immigrated here in the 70s, obviously wanted like security for me and my sister. And it was just hard sort of getting this narrative in my head that I wasn't sort of done until I had a husband and kids, right? When I was sitting here every day building a huge company. And I think that conversation was one that, you know, I, once again, I think so many women have this, this, this need that's like that society is sort of putting in our ears that we're incomplete without this. And I had to fight that. And I think my way of fighting that was sort of like creating boundaries against it. You know, I know some people say like, oh, don't avoid things. You need to address them. And I, and I get that. I think for me, it was like not triggering myself with these conversations that were going to distract me from what I really wanted to do. So like when my mom would bring up marriage all the time, or like, who are you dating? Like there were times where I had to be like, mom, I got to go. Like I have a meeting because I just didn't want to talk about it. And it would sort of like put me off my game for the rest of the day. And I think we really all have to be conscious of conversations like that, that sort of put these expectations on us that keep us away from, you know, doing what we really love. And I think as women, like we're incredible, powerful, fierce 
ambitious human beings. And, you know, a lot of the times I think it's, it's sadly society and these expectations that hold so many of us back. Yes, I definitely agree. As someone who's 35, and I feel like it's always a topic of conversation. And I also feel like you never know what somebody else is going through personally or professionally, where maybe they don't want to talk about it or like whatever these expectations are from you in different aspects of your life or your career. And then in your case, you had such an amazing company you're building. It's like, I have this other great baby that I need to take care of. Yeah. And, and, you know, at some point it wasn't even a baby, you know, it was, it was big and the conversations necessarily didn't stop. It was, it was just this interesting, you know, dichotomy for me to be like, wait, am I supposed to keep doing this? Like what's success? Right. And I realized at that point, I need to stop defining success by other people and really define it by myself. And honestly, we're never taught that, right? Like, I mean, we're taught a lot of things when we're growing up, but no one really ever teaches us how do we chart our own journey and set expectations that are in line with our own selves, right? And I think a lot of that, and I think I do this a lot in the book, is you have to reflect, right? You need to really learn from your own patterns, from your own self to be able to move forward, right? And I think when you feel that sense of understanding what really makes you come alive, what makes you happy, you have a greater sense of courage to say no to other things. And I think that's like one of my other things that I really think is important. You know, people always like have asked me, like, didn't you feel guilty? Like I sacrificed so much. I mean, when Classless was going crazy, I mean, in those years, like I missed friends' weddings, I missed family functions. Like I was just like MIA. And, you know, I felt bad, of course, but at the end of the day, like I knew I was supposed to be building that company and I wasn't going to let anyone make me think that there, you know, that I was obliged to be doing something else when I knew that this was my mission and I was meant to do this. And I think we really have to remember when we prioritize the things we love, the yes has become so much easier and the no's fall off. Yes. I'm, I'm learning that right now. I'm reading a book, Essentialist, and it's about saying yes to the things that are the most important to you. And it's hard to say no to things because even the things you say no to, it is important. And they are things you still want to do, but there's only so much to our capacity when you are going after your goals. Absolutely. And, and look, like, I think it's about figuring out what's pulling you towards that. Is that something that you, know, you need to do because it's a responsibility? Is that something you're doing because you don't want someone to feel bad? And if, is that person important to you? Right? But you do need to go through the process to pr- at least prioritize what's important to you. And you know, in the book, I go through a whole process at the end, which is this entire goal-setting method that I do. And so much of that, and the reason I knew I had to do that, was because I wanted to really focus in on what I wanted to improve on in my life and change. And I realized spreading myself too thin across different aspects of my life wasn't going to change anything. And it was a matter matter of really figuring out where I wanted to make true change and what was important to me at the time in my life, right? And I think that changes as we, you know, as we grow through the year. And I think we have to give ourselves a process and a way to really be agile versus getting stuck right? Whether that's in a relationship, right? Whether that's in a career, doing an activity that we think we, you know, oh, I signed up for this a year ago, so I have to keep doing it. That's not necessarily the case. You know, I think we have the chance to move and change and iterate on ourselves as human beings. Okay. So if you guys follow me on Instagram, you probably saw that I was just in Hawaii this last weekend and it was just like a much deserved 
time to just like go away and go on a little vacation. And what I was so excited for was packing for my trip. And I love to pick up some new things that I want to wear, not only for vacation, but that I can wear all season long because spring and summer is coming. And so swim was one of the things that I definitely needed to pack. So if you guys want to find a new swim brand, check out vitamin A. Vitamin A is a sustainable swim and apparel brand, and it's all made locally in Southern California and designed in Southern California as well. And vitamin A is the pioneer of sustainable swimwear. In 2010, they created and launched the first swim fabric made from recycled fibers. They even have a patented plant-based swim fabric made out of castor bean oil. So their bikinis, bodysuits, and loungewear are all designed to last with exceptional quality and a flawless fit. Every vitamin A purchase prioritizes the health of our planet through their partnership with 1% for the planet. They give back a portion from every sale to organizations that protect our oceans. I love a one-piece swimsuit. I just like feel like they're so chic. I love how it's like styled and I just feel really comfortable in them. And their Jenna High Leg one piece is so cute. It comes in this really pretty copper color. And the fit of the suits just make me feel like so confident. And I just love the fabric and the quality. If you are looking for a new bikini, look no further. Just in time for summer, head to vitaminaswim.com to find your perfect bikini. Use code Mariana at checkout for 20% off your first purchase. Again, that's vitaminaswim.com and use code Mariana at checkout for 20% off. Now let's get back to the episode. A section of the book that you said that I think this is like something I've heard over and over again. It's like about finding your gift and giving it away. So how did you hone in on what it was that you loved? And I know that was rooted in dance and building it into a company where you could share it with others. You know, for me, this like idea of my purpose and my calling really came from me when I was three years old and I was, you know, just performing at a family function. And I know like this sometimes feels so it feels so like small and foreign and and like I can't believe everything kind of started in that moment. But I literally just started performing in front of, you know, family and friends. And I could feel something inside me come out that I had never felt before. And it wasn't just about me performing. I mean, I wasn't clearly like at that point, I was three years old, like I wasn't a good dancer or anything like that in terms of skill. It was really more. I felt like I could make people feel something, right? So people started clapping and being happy. And I think for me, and I think so much of this really is, is driven for all of us is finding that unique gift that really is about impacting other people. What service right, are you doing to other people? And I think for me, I found that in my passion of dance and I held onto it and I fought for it. And you know, it wasn't easy for me to dance. You know, In my sort of upbringing, while dance was something that a lot of Indian girls did, it wasn't like your career path, right? It wasn't something that you were going to do full time. So the narrative for me was never, oh yeah, like spend time dancing once I went to college or obviously post-college. And so I feel like once I went to college and after, I really fought to keep dance in my life. And I think I started realizing in my like struggle of doing that, and obviously like I thankfully did keep doing it and it brought me so much happiness. I realized that so many of my friends had given up on their passions, right? Whatever dance was to them in their life. And that may have been like, you know, playing sports or even doing some creative activities. And they may have been really good. Like, I feel like I knew people who were like literally close to being Olympians who like gave up on these things. Right. And sort of were now in that routine path of like going to work every day and all of that. And I was like, I need to give this back to people. And that's really what was the heartbeat of class pass was how do we get people to live these passionate lives where they're discovering again and sort of have this playful spirit that we had as when we were kids. And for other people, you had this really rooted since you were really young and you were so passionate about it. But a lot of people 
want to achieve great things in life, but they don't even know how or what they're good at. So how do you even go about figuring out what you're good at? Or if you want to be good at something, do you think these things can be learned in time? So, I mean, it's a great question. And like age does not matter, right? Like you can find your purpose at any point in your life. And I think a few things that like I've learned along the way, and as I've even just like witnessed people on class class sort of grow into their potential is, you know, first, and I think like this is sometimes the hardest one is you have to really get rid of all the distractions to listen to yourself, right? Your calling and purpose is already inside of you. It's not something someone's going to necessarily give you. So sometimes it's actually about decluttering, right? Like we we tend to do a lot of things and then not really listen, right? And I really believe, and like this happened to me too, even in building class classes, the more I listened, I felt like the universe was telling me what I had to do. But that really takes a moment to pause, right? And actually hear those things transform. The other part of it, I think, is to try new things. Like even for me, it took me to go to San Francisco to meet entrepreneurs to kind of get even inspired to this idea of entrepreneurship because it was 10 years ago and this wasn't what people were talking about. So I had no idea like what this career path could have even been at the time. And it took me to sort of get out of my comfort zone of like sort of being in New York City to go out to another place and be around a new community that truly actually even inspired a whole new way of life for me. Right. So I think we have to do a little bit of exposing ourselves to new things and at the same time listening to that inner voice and who we are. But age does not matter. And, you know, you could find it late in your life, you can find it early in your life. But I, I think it's a matter of trying to really constantly hone in on that voice that's in you. And I know so many of us, especially when we're trying to go after these goals later in life. You know, life has gotten in the way at that time, and we have careers and jobs, and you did as well. You had a whole career before you started Class Pass. So, how can someone juggle having a full time job and career while also trying to make time to pursue our dreams and goals? I mean, it's all about priorities, right? Like, I think it's funny because everyone always asks me, I just had a baby two years ago, and everyone's like, well, oh, like, how are you managing it? I'm like, I have managed to like have two lives like my whole life, right? Like, if not, if not more than that. And I think it really comes down to priorities and what you're willing to sacrifice, right? So like, I think like, it's okay, like if you want to work all day, and then you use your hours, right in the evenings and on the weekends to do your side hustle. Like, I think that's great. I think you just have to know that you're going to accept the trade offs of that, which is you might not have a social life, right? And you might not be able to travel so much. and You might not be able to do other things. But that's okay, right? It's like it's really in line with your priorities. And what I really think people need to really think about is like, when is that moment where you're not living two lives, right? And I even just said it in what what I was talking about with my own life is I was living two lives. I didn't like the idea of living two lives, right? Where I was one person sort of at work and then I like came alive at night when I was like dancing and performing. I really think what we want to do is like find a place where both both of those versions of us can sort of come together and be whole, right? And I think that's the goal. And whether that's money that keeps us away from doing that, we need to put a plan together that puts us in a position to really be able to fulfill our dreams and be our authentic selves fully. And you know, when you were living these two lives, whether it was your job before or class pass and trying to balance having a personal life, and then now as a mother, how do you feel kind of guilt-free of like trying to do it all because I feel like especially as women, we feel bad when we can't show up for a friend or we feel bad when we're spreading ourselves too thin. But but really, if it's in alignment with the things that make us happy, what we want to do, we shouldn't feel guilty about it. Yeah, that's exactly right. You know, I think I'm really, I've always been very clear 
on what my priorities are. Like maybe that was, that's like the benefit of me for being a dancer. Cause I think when you have like a dance show coming up, your life just revolves around it. And that's like sort of been me since I was five years old, but I've kind of lived my entire life that way. It's like, what's the most important thing now? Right. And focusing on those priorities and not feeling guilty about, you know, missing something with someone else and being able to say, Hey, like after that big moment in my life, I know I'm going to have time and I'm going to schedule it then. And what I've also realized in, in moments where I have, you know, done the thing where I'm like, fine, I'm going to make sure I like go to that dinner because I feel bad. I'm usually not present, right? Because I'm distracted and I'm, you know, not really in that state of mind where I want to be there, which is not great for both people either way, right? Like I'm not getting anything out of that and either is my friend. Right. And I'd rather be in a place where I'm like, I can 100% commit my mind to you and be here for you. And I feel like those conversations are almost better, right? Than having five conversations that are of you being distracted. Nice take vitamins, supplements. Do you guys take anything every day? So I definitely do. And there's things that I take every day. And then there's things that I need like for targeted things that I'm working on. Like if I'm looking for like my hair or like cleansing or something I want to take at night, there's so many different things that you guys can take. But I know sometimes it's a little bit overwhelming. Like where do I even start? So Hum Nutrition, it's really their mission to help you look and feel your best with clean, clinically proven nutrients. But if you don't know even where to get started, they've got a really quick and easy three-minute quiz. So after the quiz, Hum will match you with a registered dietitian and recommend a personalized supplement routine. I love that. Hum nutritionists are available to help you meet your nutrition goals whenever you need them. They've got convenient and flexible subscription options delivered right to your door. So it's so, so easy to stay on track and meet your goals. They have targeted solutions for specific goals such as clear skin, hydrated complexion, strong hair, healthy gut, consistent energy levels, better sleep, and more, which all these things sound like things that I need help with. And all of their formulas are rooted in clinical research and ingredients are carefully sourced and meticulously tested for purity and potency. If you guys want to try a few of the products out, there's Hair Sweet Hair. These are tasty vegan gummies and it boosts the body's ability to maintain healthy, vibrant hair and support hair growth. There's also Gut Instinct. It's a vegan probiotic blend. Flatter Me. It's got 18 full spectrum digestive enzymes that help break down food for better digestion and reduce bloating. There's Daily Cleanse and Mighty Night. So many things to try. Head to humnutrition.com slash get underscore started and get 20% off your first order of $39 or more with code Mariana. Again, that's 20% off with code Mariana at humnutrition.com. One of the things that are tied to a lot of our goals are finances. And you're just talking about like finance and money. And when we want to start working towards a goal, how can you do so with little to no money? Like, Does every goal require a big investment at the beginning? No, not at all. Like I think I think that's really the magic of, you know, money and I I say this in the book and I truly mean it is make money work for you. You don't work for money, right? And I I really think we all need to find ways to, you know, think about how money can free us versus trap us. And, you know, for me and like I grew up in a place where like my parents didn't have a lot of money. They came here with a few dollars, right? They they didn't have anything. They built their entire life from, you know, obviously working hard and all of that. And, and look, we need money to pay the bills, right? Like I never want someone to think that like you, that's not important, right? To life. It is important. You need to make sure you're responsible, whether that's for you or if you have other people in your life that you're caring for, but that doesn't mean you should ever feel trapped, right? So it's really about figuring out like, okay, how much money can you, can you make? Right. And if it's a little amount, that's fine. It's still something, right? What are your expenses? Know the numbers, right? I think some sometimes we get kind of scared about how do we even like get into our numbers and our finances. But the more you know, the more you're going to be equipped 
with being able to make good decisions with your money to be able to build that plan towards your dreams. And whether that's tomorrow or in five years, I think you have to just start really thinking about it now. For me, like I worked for six years before I quit my job. And I remember in those six years, like I didn't know I was going to build this company. I just knew that I wanted to spend money on the things that meant something to me. And in those six years, like I didn't spend any money on traveling, on like food or shopping or anything. Cause it, you know, at that time, that's not what I valued. Right. And everyone is different. And I think this is another thing I talk about in the book is knowing what money means to you. And even though I didn't spend money on those things, I put down a $30,000 check to rent a stage. Right. So it's all about thinking about what money means to you in that way. Right. And I think if you start getting really comfortable with your relationship with money in terms of how you spend, you just get a much more confident in how you're going to be able to allow it to work for where you want to go. And another finance thing is a lot of um, people who listen to this podcast are aspiring business owners or they're very early on in their career of having their own company. So any tips? You know, I know you're a pro at raising money. Um, <laughs> or how new and indie brands can start with limited finances? And if they do need money and it's small at the beginning, where can you even go? Yeah. I mean, look, you know, I think the whole landscape is completely changing right now. You know, investors are are open to different ideas and more and more. I mean, obviously things still need to change for sure on that side of things, but you know, the more you can show progress, right? Investors invest in lines, not dots. Someone said this to me and I think it's so smart. It's not a one-time meeting that's gonna necessarily get you money. It's about you executing over and over again. And when I started, like I obviously, it took me three years before I had a product that worked, but you know what I did? And I was still able to raise like over a million dollars during that time, even though I had nothing. And it was because people saw my commitment to moving forward and they were able to track that. Right. And they were seeing that I was making progress in that, in that journey, which gave them confidence in saying, okay, like she's going to figure this out. She's not going to stop. Right. And that's why it's really important to continue to, you know, build relationships, whether it's with investors or even like for me, you know, a lot of times in the beginning, I just kept talking about the idea. Like I talked about it over and over again. And it's funny, I, I consider myself introverted, but when it comes to me talking about the things that I love, I can like talk about them all day long. And I would tell them to my, I would tell my friends like, oh, I'm thinking of building this like idea about classes. And I had so many friends and they were in finance who were like, can I give you some money? Um, for that. And I was in shock because so much of my earliest checks were all just friends and family who I knew who were just like, I believe in you and you're going to go and do this and and I want to support you. Right. And that actually brings me to my other thing, which is that, you know, in whatever you do in your life, your reputation follows you. Right. And I think whatever, you know, job you might have, even though it might not be your dream job, you have to do a good job. Like I can't tell you how many times like either I was able to raise a check or someone I was going to meet was like, oh, like, hey, like I, I talked to your friend who you worked with at Bain or you, I talked to someone who knew you and worked with you at Warner Music Group. Like you have no idea how many times people come back to you over and over again. And it's always been, you know, worked in my favor that I know I've always put 150% into all the work I've done, right? So usually when I have those conversations, people will always be like, oh yeah, that person said great things about you. And by the way, the best way to raise money is to not ask for it, is to have someone else raise it for you. That's like what I've 100% realized is having the other person do the intro and sort of do the legwork of explaining who you are, telling them you're awesome, telling them your business is awesome, gives you such a good cover because by the time they meet you, they're already bought in. 
Yes, that's very good advice. And someone else was just on my podcast recently and she kind of was aligning with what you just said. And she was like, when you're working with people, it's not just about you know having a great relationship with your boss, but it's also your peers and coworkers. Because a lot of times I think we work to impress the people who are managing us or people who are above us, but the people who are working side by side with us, we all kind of come up at the same time. And so that's an, a really important aspect of networking and how you treat your, your peers, because it really is so important as we all grow up in our careers. Yeah, I think the people, like you said, I, like I said, your reputation follows you. The people you're around will absorb something from you. And I think, you know, when you're in environments that make you thrive, you'll know. And when you're in environments that don't make you thrive, I think you'll also kind of recognize that. And I think I talk a lot about that in the book as well is that, you know, sometimes we are in environments that aren't great for us. And it's hard to, like, you know, obviously give up a job or whatever it might be, but we also have to realize, like, you know, I think about being in corporate America and I would have never built something like ClassPass in, in that setting, right? Like, was I just in the wrong setting? Probably, right? And I could have stayed there and it would have, a ClassPass would have never been built, right? And I would have never probably found my way and my confidence in the world, right? And so I think it's important for us to recognize what environments do we thrive in? And that comes down to like what your peers are and who your, your boss is. And you were saying that when you first came up with the idea, you were telling your friends and they were so excited. But what happens when you're telling your friends or peers about this idea that you have and maybe people are like, oh, it's not such a good idea. or Oh, I don't think you should do that. How do you power through when people don't believe in you? Well, so, you know, it's interesting. An idea, and obviously it's a product idea. And by the way, it didn't work, right? The first time I launched it, so they were right. But outside of that, I think I was never obsessed with building the product idea, I was obsessed with solving the problem, right? And so I think when we start these companies, like no one can ever question me saying that there was a problem and how easy it was to book a class, right? And until that was solved, there was still something for for me to do. And I felt like I was the right person to solve it. Maybe product idea one was like something someone would be like, I wouldn't use that. And you could be like, fine, I'll go on to product idea two, you know? And ultimately customers are the ones who will tell you, right? And I think I've learned that over and over again, like no business plan that you create is ever going to work. Like in the sense of like the numbers you put on it on like a pitch deck or any of that, like it's obvious. And we all kind of know that, right? It's all about just kind of planning it. You really have to put it out there, see what customers do, learn from it and pivot, right? And so I think when you have, you know, any of that negativity happen, I think you just have to go back into like, no, I am doing this for a reason because I'm on a mission And yeah, like I'll take your feedback, right? And I think that's an important thing to be able to do from whether that's advisors or people, mentors in your life, like taking in feedback from people is such an important part of the journey, but it's one point of view that you have to take in, like repackage in whatever way and then push it back out there and move forward. And sometimes they're right. Sometimes if you hear the same thing over and over again, it kind of can make you think like, okay, maybe maybe everybody has something that that they're correct about. And let me see how I can adjust what I'm working on based on like this feedback, if this is how everybody feels. So sometimes the critics can be right. And then sometimes it's like, yeah. Absolutely. And I think, you know, I think the best thing is your customers, right? Like I think I have learned that. Like my customers are everything. And that's why I always tell people like when they're launching something, like, put it out there because you just have no idea. And actually I made the mistake of this where I spent a year building a product and I didn't put it out there. And when I did, it didn't work. And it was terrible, right? Because I wish I had tested some of this earlier and I had sort of figured out the failure of the product in a much easier you know, way where I didn't spend so much money on it and time on it. 
But that's part of, you know, part of the process of becoming an entrepreneur is realizing that you do need to iterate, you do need to kind of put stuff out there, get people's feedback and thoughts. And like you said, if everyone is saying one thing, then they're, they're probably right. And it's actually, it works the other way too. Like one of my favorite moments in building the company was, you know, we had our, our second product that we were trying out there. It was this discovery pass for a month called the Passport. Um, people couldn't do it monthly. It wasn't a subscription at the time. And we started seeing people trying to buy that thing over and over again with different email addresses, right? And so our initial reaction was like, let's go yell at these people. Like, you can't do this. But we saw, saw it happen so many times that we were kind of you know curious about what this behavior was. And we decided to do a survey on if people wanted to do this kind of pass monthly where they would like be able to go to different classes. And 95% of people said yes. And that's when we were like, oh my God, we actually need to be a subscription. And up until that moment, wow. it actually didn't even cross our mind that we were supposed to be a monthly subscription. That's amazing. So there, yeah, right? It's, it's so crazy that, like I said, it's like until we put something out there, we had no idea. And our, like I said, our initial reaction is almost to be like, no, you can't do that. But no, you have to let people play. And I think the best products are sort of made out of, out of a little bit of that iterating and sort of throwing different darts, you know, and figuring out where the bullseye is. It is Women's History Month, and it's something that I am just so proud of being a woman-founded brand. And we just celebrated our anniversary, which happens to align with International Women's Day. And there are so many great other brands founded and owned by women. And I love that Macy's is doing so much in support of Girls, Inc. Since 2020, Macy's has raised over $2.8 million in support of Girls, Inc., which has funded opportunities for over 50,000 girls. Macy's has remained committed to supporting the next generation of leaders by empowering women today. So you guys can join in celebrating Women's History Month by shopping brands owned and founded by women. And you can help fund mentorships and college and career readiness programs by donating online and rounding up in store for girlsinc.com. I want to share with you a few things that you guys can shop from Macy's that are women-owned brands. One is Anastasia Beverly Hills, which you guys know I love so many of their products. I've used so many for so many years. There's actually a brand new lipstick. It's a matte and satin velvet lipstick. It comes in really beautiful like nude and pinky shades. There's also a mismatch sheet and silk pillowcase set, which I always try to sleep on like a silk pillowcase at night. There's a really amazing smelling candles from Southern Elegance Candle Company. And there's really cute art from Coco Michelle. I love Naked Wardrobe. They have such great like basics and bodysuits and they have their NW sleeveless bodysuit here. It's actually on sale right now and it comes in two different colors. And they also have this NW long sleeve rib dress. It's such a good, simple dress. It's long sleeve. It comes in black, blue, and tan. Macy's makes it so easy to shop women-owned brands. If you go to macy's.com slash honors, you can see more there and what they're doing for Girls Inc. That's macy's.com slash honors. The entire book, which is great, everybody needs to pick it up, is all about goal setting. And I want to hear your thought process behind goal setting and kind of like, how do you set goals or how do you think people could set them? And then they should pick up the book to learn even even more. Yeah. And so the whole third part of the book is all about this method I created. I actually created it seven years ago in my life when you know it was a really interesting time. We had just launched ClassPass and I think we were like six months in. Like the, It was starting to go viral. It was Christmas and... I feel like I knew in my heart, like I had, I had really built magic. Like I could tell by the emails I was getting. So it was like such a great feeling, right? When you know something's like about to take off. But then I looked at like my personal life, like my health was bad. I didn't feel strong. Like I, you know, I was in no relationship. I just felt like I hadn't seen any of my friends and I didn't feel connected to anyone. And I was just like having a low moment with my personal life. And I realized like, hey, like I'm really good at getting stuff done in my professional life. Like why can't I do the same thing in my personal life? 
and add a little bit of that same process to it. So that's sort of where it started. And I think for other people, like they might have their personal life together and want to make progress in their professional lives and it works both ways. And I've, I've used it now in both contexts. So that's where it started from. The whole process for me though, before I even like could set goals and I'm the kind of person where once I know I've set a goal, like I know I'm going to do it, right? Like I trust myself in the execution of the goal. So it wasn't about writing the goal. It was about how I was even going to get to the point where I knew where to set the goals. So my whole process starts with a first point of reflection of getting really clear on where you are today and how you feel, right? Because you can't set goals until you kind of get real with who you are and sort of take that moment to be like, here's how I feel. The second step is about then saying, how do I want to feel in a year, right? So now instead of sort of setting a New Year's resolution based upon a check mark, right? Or like, I want to run a marathon or accomplish this and that. This is really about like, what do I, how do I want to feel in a year, right? Like what themes do I want to really feel that this year represented in my life? And I call these dream words, right? And I think for me, this really just became this like anchor of something of what I wanted to strive for, for the year, which felt a bit more obviously abstract, but I know I needed to root it in emotion because it wasn't just about going into practical goals. The third step is all about focusing. So I really like for me, it came down to a process of, okay, like I spend my life doing like, you know, these 10, 15 things on a daily basis. I can't spend time changing all of them. How are each of these areas right now doing? And then how do I want to figure out which areas I'm going to focus on? So that's what we do in the whole third process is sort of rate these areas and then hone in on the three to five areas that we're actually going to set goals in. And then we're finally at the process where we can set goals, right? So like the whole process that I go through is actually figuring out first, like where to even put the attention, right? Because it's not just about writing them down. And then the last part, which is the most important part is setting those goals once we have those areas. And, you know, I think after reflecting on my own life and obviously talking to others, like I have a bunch of tips in the book book on how to even actually set those goals, because it's not just about like writing something like, oh, I want to feel connected to my husband, right? Or it's not something about that. It's actually about going into something deeper of like, okay, like I want to make sure like I go on a date night with him three times a month. Like I want to plan this like one weekend away. I'm going to like get this gift. It's about becoming, going, getting really specific on what your goals are really going to be. Because I realize like sometimes if they're too big, you're never going to do them, right? And also if they're not measurable, they kind of just stay there. And there's no way for you to know if you actually accomplish them. So to me, like this whole system, and I built this was, I wanted it to start with emotion and how I felt, but I needed it to go down to a place that was actually practical and execution and for something that I could execute on. Yeah. Executing the goal sometimes is the hard part. So any tips for when people are not feeling motivated, once they've got all this planned together, how do we actually follow through? Yeah. Well, one of my big things I live by, this chapter is like one of my favorites too, is time. So like I am anal about my time. Like I think when I think about my priorities and once I have them by doing the goal setting process, like I stick to them. And the way I stick to them is I calendar all of them, right? So like if I'm like, I want to see, you know, Mariana for dinner, right? Like that's going in my calendar. I'm like going to be texting you being like, hey, when can you get dinner this month? Like, hey, okay, I'm making the appointment. Like I am going to be in like execution mode to make sure these things happen, right? And so I think it's so important to tie those to your calendar. I think another really important thing is to share it with the important people in your life. You know, like I think we forget that sharing it with like, whether it's our friends, our parents, our partner, they will support us if they know what we're trying to accomplish. Honestly, I would even say like, share it with your boss if you can, because like to me, and I've always felt this with my employees and they've done this process is, I like to know what's going on in your life. Like I'm only going to get, like I know the best out of you if I understand what else is going on in your life. And 
helping you to enable being your full self, right? And getting everything done. So I really believe in like sharing this with others. And then I think like another thing is sometimes people are not like motivated. Like I've got a lot of self-discipline. I realize that people don't, but like find a way to incentivize yourself, right? Like if you do, if you cross off these three things, you're going to be able to do another big thing in your life or, or get something, you know, like sometimes you do need those incentives in your life. So find out what works for you. But like, honestly, as much as like, you know, I wrote this book to be like a, a methodology, it really comes down to how you make it a habit and how you internalize it. Right. And that comes from a lot of your own patterns and you recognizing here's how I execute. Here's how I build my confidence to take a bigger leap in my life next time. Amazing. Well, this is all so helpful. And I can't wait for everybody to pick up a copy of the book. It's available now. Where can everybody buy it? Uh, They can go to lifepassbook.com. Amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Mariana. Thanks so much for listening and be sure to subscribe to my podcast and rate and review because it would mean so much to me and follow me on Instagram at Mariana underscore Hewitt to see what episodes are coming up next.